0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back once again to another another episode of Basement Banter We're on episode 12 now this week. I'm joined by Josh Carr. Hello. And uh, Dave Iadice. How are you doing? Uh, so this week they brought in some uh, special gifts. Once again, as I always say, I love that when the guests bring or the guests bring in a special gift for me to hang up in the room. So, Josh, want to talk a little bit about your uh, your gift?
1: Yeah, of course. (laughs) I decided to bring in a NBA Finals LeBron James Miami Heat jersey because for one reason only, which is this is a championship podcast. So I figured no better gift than a championship jersey (laughs) from the
0: GOAT. I feel that. I feel that. Was this uh, wasn't a Mavericks one, was it? Mavericks Finals jersey? Why do you ask that? Cause they lost to the Mavericks in <laughs> the oh Thunder. no 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 it wasn't one of those no it wasn't this is this is Spurs Thunder jersey exactly all right all right and then Dave what did uh, what did you bring
2: oh you know those little black things that your moms have all over the house with the quotes on it that's oh I took God. one of those on my way in uh, to here and it says life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass it's about learning to dance in the rain so a little motivation mm-hmm. for the basement we're gonna throw it over there and be, I don't know maybe yeah, that's, a, that's also it. very fitting in
0: the uh, the current state that we're in because if you you guys wouldn't know because it's a podcast so you can't visually see what's going on but outside it is raining so yeah.
2: both well, figuratively I, I didn't even think about that but that fits perfectly yeah
0: maybe we'll dance in the rain after this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, in. <laughs> <laughs> but all right uh so with my podcast i usually like to have people come up to me and tell me what they want to talk about as i like to have people be passionate about what they talk about because It's better than me trying to cram down people's throats what I want to talk about. So this week, we're going to be talking about mental health. And I think that's something that's very important, especially for, I'd say, the general age that's listening to this podcast, I'd assume. So what to to you guys, why is this like a passion of yours?
2: Okay. All right. So I'll just tell you about my mental health like story. Story is good. So like, um, it's just like, first of all, I was like in my family, like a decent amount of my family's member have it. And like, my dad's been like having like big mental health issues since for like, at least like 10 years. So like in high school, I didn't really like understand what was happening Like when it first happened, I was just like, Oh, my dad's sick. Like, it's not like a big deal. Like he'll get over it. And, um, just like, I know like a lot of people, especially like, t- I think 10 years ago, I think mental health has really come to the forefront people talk about it a lot more but I feel like 10 years ago it was just like be happy or like tough it out and like that's not really a good way to like deal with mental health it does not really realistic it's just like if someone's like really depressed and you say be happy they're not just gonna be like, oh why did I did think of that and like all of a sudden you're happy and then I went to college is when I really learned like about mental health so like college is obviously a great experience uh, I went to Delaware I roll hands um <laughs> So and there was obviously a great a lot of like great experiences there, but I also saw like some dark times. So I would just like get into it for a little bit. I was like at a uh, it was like a day drink. It was at a St. Patrick's Day party, and um, some kid ended up taking his life at the party. He he jumped off the roof in front of a bunch of people, and I saw that firsthand. And like that, like was like the first time like damn, like people our age are like actually doing this. And then uh, September twenty fifth, two thousand sixteen, uh, a kid in my fraternity he ended up taking his life. And uh, that like really hit me hard because like he was a kid, I was at his house like every single day. Like he did the same things as us. He liked sports. Uh, his name's Connor Mullen He liked sports. He was like a good looking kid. Like he got with girls. Um, and just like a really smart kid. And like it just like really hit me like home that like people like literally that I hang out with like I just had no idea I had mental health. And then another kid this this winter uh, took his life in my fraternity too. So like that's when, like really when I got into it. And then. Like, a year after uh, Connor's death is, like, a group of friends of mine, like, he was a grade older than me. So, it was, like, me and then the grade above them. So, they were seniors and I was a junior. We started, we did, like, we wanted to, like, honor Connor's death and also help people with, like, mental health. So, we made this organization. It's called Friends for Friends. Uh, It's at the University of Delaware. And it's basically just a mental health organization trying to, like, improve the resources at Delaware and just, like, get people talking about mental health and, stuff like that so that's basically like my journey I've also at University of Delaware I got um, mental health first aid training so it's like first aid training but like for mental health uh, that was run by Kelly Marzoli uh, shout out to her and that was like really taught me a lot and, like we can get into that later but like that's kind of like just my spiel like how mental health has affected my life
1: so my story is a little bit different um, just like Dave in high school I didn't really know much about mental health and if it was real or what the whole phenomenon about it was um, until about my sophomore year in college. My freshman year, I spent it at William Patterson and I really enjoyed it. And I took a, a tra- I actually transferred to Rutgers. My whole family went there. I had a couple of friends going there, including Ryan. And um, as I was there, I I started to feel the pressure of college and the next few years of my life and how important they were and it really took a toll on me personally and between classes and family and other obligations I, felt I, I started to become very overwhelmed and my thing personally was thinking about the future and for example my story is that there was one class that I went to, it was one of the first days of classes. And I was sitting in class as the teacher was going over the syllabus and she was telling us all about the year and all about the writing assignments we had to do and how hard the class was going to be. And I like to think of myself as a smart kid and someone who likes a challenge, but for some reason hearing about everything that was going to go on that semester it just something clicked in me and I had like a a nervous breakdown because what was going through my head was that all right this class is a required class for my major and to graduate and if I'm not going to be able to pass this class how am I going to be able to graduate and if I can't graduate how am I going to be able to get a job how am I going to be able to have a family how am I going to be able to support my family and as crazy as it seems coming from like a 19 year old kid at the time that's what was really going through my head and everyone has their story and their triggers but that was mine and I eventually got through it I still deal with mental health on a daily basis I take medicine for it every single day and it's something that I'm proud of that I got over right and it's at our age it's such a challenge
0: uh like obviously to share that story thank you both of you but For people our age, like you said, Dave, earlier, like the the man up rhetoric and all of that, that's what people like. We're kind of at the the crest of like the wave before we actually start getting into really diving into like mental health issues. You're starting to see it more now. But like our parents generation and the generation before them, it was all about like sucking it up and just pushing forward. And while like that seems all good, obviously now with the more research that's been going on over the past like couple decades is that that it isn't just a thing that you could suck up or move past like it's something that you have to take on head on. And I think that was a pretty damaging, uh, I guess, thing just like man up because then you had a lot a whole generation of people just kind of stomaching it and keeping it to themselves. And then kind of pushing it on to the next generation of kids that they had. And you have all of these kids going through this thing alone. And I mean, you see, you see all of the statistics of people like uh, suicide rates and stuff of people between 18 and 24. And it's just terrible. And I think that's part of the reason. I mean, granted, we are this is from our own personal view on this uh, topic. We are not professionals in the mental health field this is just from people who have real world world experience who have went to college who have seen this stuff firsthand uh i think that it's just it's bad that there was such a long time before as you're seeing more uh outlets now but there was such a long time where young men and women had to feel like they had to go through all of this alone so I think it's good now, as you're seeing. As uh, me personally at Rutgers, you see, I saw a lot more uh, opportunities to seek mental health uh, outlets if you needed any. There, every teacher would announce it before class. Uh, you saw a bunch of student uh, organizations on the sides of the road offering and extending these helping hands to the students, which I think is critical if we're going to be able to to take on these kind of issues. Because we've obviously, you guys both are finishing up well josh is finishing up school this year and dave's going on to grad school so you guys know going through college it's stressful and some people and especially mixing that into it it's just gonna it's overwhelming so i mean i think that the the more um the more visible help that we're seeing at schools obviously not enough still but the steps in the right direction i think
2: and I just want, like, on the man-up topic, like, I feel like when someone says man-up, like, it's kind of like then the person will start, like, self-blaming them, like, thinking it's their fault they feel this way and, like, not look at, like, maybe, like, the environment that needs to change. And I think that's really important. So, like, you don't want to, like, if, you, if you're building mental health, like, it's not, you don't have to completely blame yourself. Like, there's other
1: factors that go into it, and I think that's pretty important to know. Right. And on the, also on the man-up subject, I think that, um, like Ryan was saying, it stems back from... You know, back in the day when our parents were kids and that's what their parents told them but um, one subject I'm sure we're going to touch on today social media and I think that is a, a big part of why more and more people are coming out and saying they're suffering from mental health because back in the day when our parents were younger there was no outlet to go and talk to other people who are suffering from what you're suffering and today more people are seeing other people go on social media and talk about What they're suffering from mentally and that makes a lot more people feel comfortable to come out and i don't think the number of people suffering has changed from then but i think it's more of the people who have come out and expressed it i think it's kind
0: of a uh we could get into social media whenever but i was just i just want to say that i think social media in regards to mental health whether it's the benefits or issues of it i think that it's a double-sided thing because while there is that aspect of being able to kind of come out and step into the light and admit if there's something going on in your life or if you're going through something there's also the other side of it where there's this constant um this constant engagement and this constant like interactivity you're experiencing with people and you know, it's 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 a, it's a big stressor, uh, you know, like you hear it all the time. Like there's all of the um, especially like with girls, there's the the body um, image. like the body image yeah. issue where you're seeing these girls posting on uh, social media of themselves in bikinis looking really skinny and you might not be at the ideal weight that you want to be at. And, you know, that eats away at you. Or then there's uh, the aspect of people that are our age and they're so well-off and they're posting all these pictures in Lamborghinis or they're at their, their house or they're on the beach and they have no other, well, what seems like they have no other like problems going on in their life. And for someone from the outside looking into their life, it adds to that kind of uh, getting in your own head. In my one class I took at school, they uh, we talked about that topic in detail And you're more likely if you're seeing someone who is like one of your friends, if you see your friend at the beach or they're traveling abroad and stuff like you feel you actually mentally feel happy. You have a positive reaction to them because you're happy for them. You know them personally and, you know, all in depth about their issues, if they have stuff going on in their life and everything about them. So you feel good about that. But then your brain actually has a negative reaction when you see people that you may be friends of friends of. And they're posting they're in uh, California or they're at some cool party with a bunch of people while you're in your dorm doing homework and you have a negative reaction to that mentally. And that's because you don't know them on a real in-depth level, but your brain's still telling you, oh, wow, look at this person having all this fun while you're sitting in your dorm room and like slaving away doing homework. So that's a big thing. I mean, we could we could get back to that a little later, but. I, that's just something that i think that comes with it when you're in college in these settings
2: right well i we'll just touch on social media now because like it was kind of in my head but like i personally really don't like social media like i have i had like d- like two years ago i did like all the apps on my phone like i literally have no apps like no instagram no twitter no snapchat like my sister runs my instagram account so if you're looking for <laughs> likes she like likes her own photos on instagram this way she gets her numbers up um the thing with social media is like people are only betraying like the best part of their lives and like aren't going to talk about like the negative consequences of their lives so like i think that's like really like they're like if you look at someone's social media like instagram picture it's gonna be the best pictures of them they're gonna be doing the coolest things but that's not really like all like and then like when you see that you're like oh man like josh is like having lives an awesome life but like you don't know like what's going on like behind the scenes and like and i think a lot of people are also like competing with each other like trying to look the coolest and like I don't know if you're like, say I, like if you're a single and you see like someone, like someone you really don't like, like just got a new girlfriend and like they're so excited, like, or so happy, like you're definitely going to feel bad about yourself. Like why? Oh, like I want a girlfriend. Like, why can't I have one? So I think just like social media, just betray, like people betraying the best versions of themselves. And it's like, it's not like authentic or realistic. And I, yeah, I don't really think, I mean, there's definitely benefits to social media and like I'm not saying like I totally not on social media. Like, if someone posts a picture on me uh, of me on Instagram, like I'm still gonna be like feel like happy about it because like oh like look like me, my friends, like we look great, like this is, this is awesome. Like I'm not totally like blind to social media, but I just really do think that people are really trying to like just show how great they are, and like that's really not like what their real lives are like. Not at all, and I, I think that people are so like you said so
0: immersed in it, and I think that there's so much time spent on social media now. Like if you're sitting at home, you're on your phone on social media and it's almost as if you don't really get a mental break from being involved in other people's lives. I mean, me personally, I, I'm envious of you, Dave, for be like taking a step back from social media because it's just so much, you know, like you're going on and then you see you open up Instagram. There's a bunch of people on the beach or there's a bunch of people on vacation and stuff while I'm at work. Or you go on Twitter and you see all of these people uh, have like millions of followers and millions of likes and stuff. And. Just in general, uh, our age group, like it, that's the like is yeah. is a like kind of like a temporary temporary medicine that people feel that they have, that if they think that if they can get a bunch of likes on a Instagram post or on a tweet or something, then that's gratification to them that, oh, yeah, like I actually am worth something. And if you don't, then it has a opposite connotation. So that's what I was kind of getting at before where you see these these millionaire people our age that have like they get like five million likes on their post. Meanwhile, like you're posting pictures of stuff that you like and you're getting no return back from there. It's a negative thing. And actually, Instagram, I believe, is trying it in certain places. They're cutting out likes temporarily to see what's going on. And people are actually like freaking out about it. And I think that's something that it goes to show that people are too involved in this fake version of themselves, like the
2: best version of themselves and not really focusing on themselves within. Right. Especially with the likes, like, um, you, so like, yeah. So say like you set your record high is 400 likes and like, you're going to be happy about that. You're going to be pumped, but that's going to like, that feeling is going to go away. And then the next post say you don't get 400, you're going to feel bad about yourself. And it's literally likes on Instagram. Like, I, I don't, I don't know why people really are so obsessed with it. And like, I think another thing about social media is like, say, like, there's that certain person you want, like, you, like, want to see your photo, and you're constantly looking at their, like, if they're looking at your Snapchat story, like, I was, like, I deleted Snapchat last, and, like, I was, like, on a run, and then, like, I was, like, thinking about if this person looked at my Snapchat story, and then I just, like, came, like, why do I care, like, why am I, like, stopping mid-run to look at my Snapchat story to see this person, like, looked at my, like, Snapchat, so, like, that was, like, my final straw with, like, social media, like, I'll still look at it, but like all the apps are gone. And I definitely like noticed like a change in my mood. Like I just don't, I just don't care about like that anymore. Like that's like, that was a big stress in my life. Like who's looking at my, uh, or like how many likes am I getting and who's looking at my Snapchat story?
1: And like in, in the end, it d- d- doesn't really matter. I completely agree that social media is definitely bad towards mental health. After I heard that Dave deleted all his social media, I did try it. And unfortunately I'm a weak human being and it didn't last very long. <laughs> However, I tried it, and I did notice a significant change in my mood and you know, not caring about what everyone else is doing. But one huge thing I think that is bad about, for example, Instagram is that you see all these kids, like we were saying, posting their Lamborghinis on their social media. However, half the time these kids are posting on social media they rented it for the day or rented it for the weekend. They don't even own it. They're just trying to portray their life as something completely different, which isn't helping anyone, you know? Like, you see some average kid, and he sees a kid the same age as him driving around in a Lamborghini. Some of these kids are thinking, you know, like, if he's doing it, why can't I do it? And it's just not realistic. At 22 years old, you're not gonna be driving around in a Lamborghini unless you're a trust fund baby or, you know, your, your parents are completely loaded. Like you, you can't develop a career to, to buy a Lamborghini at 22 years old. And another thing that I think Instagram portrays that is really, really harmful to mental health is, um, fitness icons. You know, they're on there and they say that they're there to, um, promote people, to change their lives and to get more active. But you see all these guys, and they're completely jacked. They have six-packs, and they're huge, and they're what every guy wants to look like. But what no one thinks about or knows is that they've, these guys have been lifting for 10 years, and not only that, they're on steroids. It's not natural. None of it's natural, and it's nothing that the normal human body can achieve. And as someone who you know works out every day and is really trying to change their body, you see that. You see this guy who has this chiseled six-packs, these, these broad shoulders, everything you want in a body, but it's just it's just not feasible and it, it really really affects people who who struggle with their their body image.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the most damning thing that they have on Instagram and while yes, like you can't really tell them stop posting on there because that's something that like you know that they, that's their livelihood or that's their passion and it isn't something that they're going into it thinking that oh, I'm so much better than all of these people. Some people are like that, but a lot of people are just posting their, their kind of physical journeys and they're get, trying to give out tips, but they really don't understand on the other side of it, there's a lot of people who are very either self-conscious or they just can't get to the way that they want their body. So that's
2: something that uh, that's a big part of like the issue that we have today. Yeah, and I just have like, one more thing to add on social media. I feel like a lot of the time now, like people like, go to events – to put on their social media. And I think that's pretty sad. Like I know like a handful of people that will go to a country concert just so they could put it on their Snapchat story and show people they were at the country concert. And like that just really sad. Like you should be enjoying that concert. Like you paid money for it. Like it's a really good time, but you don't have to like, do you don't have to do it solely to like put it on your social media. And like, I think it's like more thing for girls, but I think that's really prevalent. And I think that's something that's like really should try to change.
0: Well, there's such a large scale of like the people that are our age that are on social media. Like, for instance, I'm just going to throw some uh, facts out. Seventy eight percent of people 18 to 24 are on Snapchat. Seventy one percent of people 18 to 24 are on Instagram. Forty five percent are on Twitter, which I think is shockingly low. But there's low. still a lot of people on Twitter in general. And 73 uh, percent of teens in general have smartphones. So it's not only just like, sir, it isn't like there's only a couple people that this is affecting, like like a lot of people a lot of people out there are on their social media and on their phone a lot of people our age if you go and you look at your phone you could see how long you were using your phone and what you were doing on there and you would be shocked how much time you spend on social media you don't think about it but every second in the day i mean this is i'm not trying to uh to to predict your life But I, a lot of you, I bet when you're at work or when you're like whatever, like going for a run or if you're at the gym and in between reps and you probably are on social media and that takes up a lot of your life. So think about all of that part of your life that's set into looking at other people's like looking at other people and thinking about like their lives and stuff like that. And you read, I think you just read too far into it without you even really noticing and Another statistic, kind of bouncing off of that idea, is that um, the more social media platforms that you have, uh, this is from the Journal of Social Science and Medicine. So this is this isn't me just doing like research. This, this is, is from legit. like this is this is legit. This is a le- legit statistic. Uh, the more social media platforms that an adolescent uses, the more likely they are to have symptoms of depression and anxiety, regardless of the time spent. I know there's like, oh, like if you're, oh, I only spent a couple, like maybe 20 minutes. That 20 minutes, you're still gathering all of that. You're still getting all of that feedback from other people that you just, you don't really know. And you're just like trying to be like them or you're envious of them. Or you're wondering why you can't be like them and that's just i mean that's it takes a toll on you right you're
2: looking for validation from like complete strangers like you're looking for them to approve of your lifestyle like in the end it doesn't really matter like you don't know you really know these people like you went to high school with them like why do you care like really what they think right
0: and i just think it's a it's a bad cocktail to be mixing in with that that social media aspect of fully being immersed especially uh, like kids in school That's like the thing that I think the most is the the most scary time for it, because for someone who is 18 to 24 years old and this is like your first time on your own without your parents, without some kind of uh, guardianship on you, it's just you and your thoughts. If you get uh, dealt a bad hand with roommates, it's just you by yourself in that room. And between the stresses of the anxiety and stresses that you have going to class and trying to like keep up with like like you said josh like a lot of the classes at school are not like what you're taking in high school this is no longer just drawing whatever like this is like some like (laughs) crazy stuff and it's really stressful and takes a toll on your mind to begin with and then throw in you're looking at your social media and you're seeing some kid your age at the beach like hanging out while you're barely you're struggling to to get like a c in your physics class it's scary it's a scary time in your life and then when you're all alone by yourself at school like like I said, like, and if you don't see those, if you don't see those helping hands around campus, like it's, you feel like you're in a corner by yourself. So, I mean, yeah, like that's, that's what I I mean. Like, like you said, Dave, you have, you yourself started, you and your friends founded that thing at school. You want to talk a little bit more in detail about like what that's about and like how that helped like kids on campus like for you. Cause I've, I mean, I wasn't at Delaware, but I saw you like active on social media for it, trying to raise awareness about that. It's there at school. So,
2: right. Yeah. So it was an organization. It's like an RSO, right at school, whatever it was. It's called friends for friends. And like basically the main idea behind it is like, we didn't want anyone like suffer in silence or like feel like they're alone. Like a lot of times when people are really depressed or have a lot of anxiety, they feel like they're by themselves and, like, friends for friends, like, basically saying, like, we'll be your friend, like, come to us, and, like, we did a lot of different things, like, we had, we raised money, uh, we needed an endowment for, like, uh, the school, for the, um, count, the counseling center, like, we raised money for that, and we did different things, like, uh, like, we put, like, wrote, like, uh, roses when, in the, the library during finals, we get everyone stressed, or, like, little sticky notes that said, like, you can get through this, or whatever, and just, like, a little smile, but, um, I think the really, the best thing we did, uh, it was toward the end of my, like the end of, uh, friends for friends is we did this thing where basically like everyone is, you're like, anyone can become like, you can be a member of friends for friends. You can just be a regular student seen on social media. Um, and it was just like, basically it was just us right now talking and you just talk about anything that like happens in your life. So say there's usually like 20 people there. And they were just, like, the floor is open. They had a couple people, like, leaders of it would bring, like, topic points. And then once you start talking, like, people would talk about things. And, like, at the end of it, they'd be like, wow, I've never told anybody that. And they were just, like, talking about their mental health issues. They were talking about school. They are talking about anything. And I think I read a book. uh, It was called I'd recommend if, like, you are dealing with mental health issues or have mental health issues or you know somebody. It's called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. And that book, uh, we—I'll probably get back into it later because I learned a lot from it, and it really helped me. But it talked about how a um, a great way to like combat mental health is to like talk about it with people. There's like two things about it. So one, um, if you're if like you have a mental health issue and you talk, say I talked to Josh about it, like he would know about my issue, and like he would like keep checking in on me, and like it was just good to know that it's just like a lot of people feel alone. So now, and it's not like it's not, I'm not dealing with mental health by myself. Like it's me and Josh. And another thing is like, um, a lot of people with uh, mental health issues feel like they don't have like a purpose or whatever. So if I brought it up to Josh and like, we're whatever we talked about my mental issue. And then Josh came back to me and I was offering support to Josh or giving him advice that would help Josh feel like he has a, or it help me feel like I have a sense of purpose because I'm helping Josh. So like, that was like a really important thing that he said was like, reconnecting with people and like talking to people and like learning about their problems and just and you also realize like, like it's not just me like a lot of people had said again i'll say it again people feel like alone and like say josh has a very similar issue and like, think it's it's us together versus mental health like it's less daunting with the numbers and like you keep going from there and like make a little network of people i think having a, like a solid network around you and like people you can go to like when whenever the issue is like big or small, you can like talk to somebody about like knowing you have even with just one person knowing you like if something bad happens like you're going right to them and I I'm lucky enough to I have like a couple people that can do that but I think just even just finding one person is like re- would be re- like really benefit people but yeah that was basically what friends for friends was it was just it was on it was like we started off it like went all over the place like one point it was just like just for walks but um it was basically we wanted to. uh honor Connor and then we also like obviously didn't want this happen to anyone else like it was a tough time for his family a tough time for the maternity, tough time for just the school community in general because it's just like it was like a wake-up call like people like at this school at the class you're going to like sitting right next to you, are like they're dealing with mental health issues and you might have no idea about it
1: uh, I think uh, Dave what you did with friends for friends is absolutely amazing because I think one of the best things for people suffering from mental health is feeling that one you have a purpose and two you have someone to go to for me personally it was my family um, no matter how low I got I knew that I still had my family and um, just knowing that you have someone there who's going to care about you at all times no matter wait when you're at your highs or when you're when you're at your lows there's always going to be that person there who who really cares about you and really loves you. And even when I was at my lowest lows, my parents were there for me. They wouldn't mind. There were times where I sat in my bed for days on end and they were there catering to me, making sure I was okay. And because of them, I'm where I'm at now. And some people don't have family like that or that person to go to. So... For Dave to do something like Friends for Friends is like really amazing because some people are at school and they maybe live across the country or they don't have access to go to their parents or they don't even have parents or they don't have anyone to go to, they have something like Friends for Friends because like I said, having someone to go to to talk to is one of the biggest things. And um it's just if you don't have that person constantly telling you that you are special and um there are other people suffering like you then you're you're going to go crazy you're not going to you're not going to know what to do with yourself and another point good point that they brought up is feeling like you have a sense of purpose one of the biggest issues for me was that I felt like I had no purpose I had nothing that I felt like I was great at nothing I felt like I loved but over time you learn to figure things out and you also learn that at 20 years old, you don't have to have that purpose necessarily. You don't have to have a purpose for the world. You don't have to have found it yet, you know? Like, some people's purpose is having kids, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just... Your purpose isn't... Like, some of these guys who are professional athletes, their purpose is to play professional sports, you know? And some of them who we, some of these guys who are even playing professional sports, that's not even their purpose. Some of these guys you know, came from really bad neighborhoods and their purpose isn't just to, to play that sport at the best possible um, place, such as like the NFL, the NBA, but their purpose is, you know, getting out of where they came from and making sure that their kids don't suffer from what they suffer, but everyone has to find their purpose and sometimes it's much harder for others, but finding that purpose really, really helps you get out of that hole.
2: Yeah, and uh, going off that, I think it, like uh, like today's society, people are always expected to have like their life plans out. Like, you go to elementary school, then you go to middle school, then you go to high school, then you go to college, and then you find a job. Like, some there's gonna be bumps in the road, and like exactly. there's like it's okay like to not have your whole life planned out. And I think that's especially a time uh, like just graduating college. Like, I I'm going to grad school, so like I kind of like I already knew like I had a plan after that. But like a lot of people like are like have a ton of stress because like once you graduate college, when you see somebody at a a grad party, you see a parent, they're like, Oh, what are you doing after school? And like, you're expected to have like your, you're supposed to have a job lined up out of college. And like, that's just not the case anymore. So like, and that, that stress, cause of like, why, like, why do not have like, Oh, Brownie has a job out of college. Like I need to have a job out of college. Like Brownie has a plan, but like one comparing yourself to others is going to affect your mental health. And like, it's okay not to have like this plan, like life, like, you're going to figure out some like things and like some, It sometimes it takes a little bit.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I saw a really good documentary the other day going off of what you said, Josh, about like people having to find like a purpose in life. It was called the many lives of Nick, uh, Bonacondi. And he was a professional football player for, uh, the Miami dolphins when they went undefeated and won the super bowl. And he was someone that was from a, like a, whatever, like a, whatever, run of the mill Italian family. The dad was a baker. And he tried to play college football, but he didn't get heavily recruited. Then finally played for Notre Dame, but then didn't really get heavily recruited into the NFL. And then now is a Hall of Famer. But you would think that oh he's a he's a Hall of Famer, so his purpose in life was N- the NFL. But no, because he was also a lawyer. He was ended up being the CEO of uh, a, like the American Tobacco Company. And you'd think oh so then he was a very wealthy successful man. So that was his purpose in life. No the thing that was his purpose in life was eventually uh his son was a uh, college football player and he got paralyzed during a game and he dropped he was a ceo of like one of the biggest like a fortune 500 company and he dropped what he was doing everything with that and swore his life to the the miami project which was helping uh trying to find a cure and raise money for uh, people who suffer with paralysis so like even though then that was when he was in like his like 40s and or 50 years old like you that's what the problem is is that like you said dave everyone is expected now to have a plan you're expected to go to high school you're supposed to do good in high school you're supposed to go to college you're supposed to graduate from college and then you're either supposed to go to grad school or you're supposed to get a, a, uh, a job right out of school and then boom that's your that's supposed to be your plan in life and if you don't do that then everyone has this kind of misconception that oh if I don't have that then I'm a failure and that's such a heavy toll because I mean you hear it a lot now that now it's like now your four-year degree is kind of as if you went to high school and if you can't not everyone can go to college not every person can either afford college not every person is smart enough to go to college and not every person can handle that structure in their lives and it's a really dangerous thing that it seems now that in the media and things that you read and end like uh, pop culture that if you didn't go and do your four years of school then you're going to get punished for it and you're not going to be seen as this successful person and this is kind of something that I saw uh, the past couple days is that Rich Paul is a very is uh, the head of Clutch uh, Sports, and he's one of the most uh, successful agents in the business. And he, the NCA came out and said, "Oh, well, if you don't have a bachelor's degree, then you can't represent. You can't try and represent clients or uh, players in the uh, college basketball area." And that's I mean a big blow. That's like part of his livelihood and i think that's dangerous too i don't agree with that at all because that's telling him oh you didn't go and it's telling kids now it's telling kids once again that are on social media and seeing all these news articles oh if i didn't go to four years of school then i'm not allowed to do this and i'm not and there's all of these roadblocks that you're seeing being put up in front of you and this is it creates more anxiety and more turmoil in your life but you should really be looking at it from that way of that he didn't have to go to the four years of school and he did find his purpose regardless he re- maybe ran into it ran he ran into it randomly he ran into he was selling jerseys or uh, like retro jerseys and lebron james bought one they ended up being good friends and he became now one of the biggest sports agents in the world and he just acquired a movie company now he represents like harrison ford and stuff so like even though there's obviously when you're going through these issues, it seems like you have this tunnel vision and you're thinking, oh my God, I didn't hit this milestone or I didn't accomplish this. So everything that I've been working at is like nothing. And you just have to realize that life is kind of funny and you, you may not see it now, but eventually down the road, you're going to run into your opportunity. That is going to be your purpose in life. It may be tomorrow. It could be 10 years from now And and you just never know, but that's, that's the thing that you just have to keep chugging forward and you don't, that's the problem with these mental health issues is that you can't really get outside your own like box that you cave yourself into.
1: I completely agree. I mean, it's always good to, you know, have a plan for the future. But one thing my dad always told me is that no matter how much you plan, it's never going to go perfect. You know, like you plan to go to college for four years as, as say a, finance major and then become a you know financial analyst or something after you graduate but you don't know what's going to happen during those four years what if you take a class that you're required to take and you fall in love with it and it's a criminal justice class you know like and then you decide you know I don't want to go into finance anymore I want to go into law but you just have to know as good like I said before as good as it is to plan out your life and plan out for the future you have to be aware that it's not going to work out perfectly it's not going to work out 100 percent and if you think that way you're only going to get yourself hurt and your hopes let down you have to be ready to for life to you know throw a curveball at you and not everything's going to be a fastball right down the middle for you to knock out of the park it's going to be something you have to deal with and sometimes you're going to strike out and other times you know you're going to hit that home run and it's going to go perfectly Yeah, uh, I completely agree. And
0: something that I mean, I'm not a very big professional on this and maybe you guys could offer more insight on this. But there's people who uh, are going through these mental issues and there's a bunch of different solutions that people think that they know the answers to, whether it be you think that uh, a lot of some people say that medication for these problems is the solution, you know, anti-anxiety, anti-depression Uh, medication and that's the cure to their disease while other people say you know what just being able to go and talk to a therapist is uh, is the solution to an issue that you're going through and you shouldn't take the medication and I think that I, I don't really know too much about it, but what is your, like, opinion on, like, is, do you think, like, like talking, I because I personally, I feel like nothing is better than being able to have, like, a real in-depth conversation with some someone about if something's bothering you, and there's, like, some things that you see in, like, I don't know, like, some things in the media I disagree with, like, I feel like sometimes they're giving, uh, like, to prescribing too many kids, like, medication for if they, oh, they have... They're acting up, so they have to take ADD medication or if they're too hyper, so they have to take that. And I don't really agree with that. And granted, that's not the same as if someone is suffering with depression or something like that and they should be taking it. But, you know, like I I personally, I feel like being able to actually talk with the person is a better first step than just instantly going to a doctor and having the doctor write a prescription for you.
2: Right. Yeah. So I think we should like start with like, like talking about like antidepressants or medication whenever, and then we can go into like solutions of like how like we help or like medicate ourselves for like mental health. So like most of like the information I got on antidepressants is like me just researching and from that book, uh, Lost Connections, it has a topic on it. So my understanding, like obviously I'm not an expert on antidepressants, but my understanding of antidepressants is, is like in like the 1960s or sixties, they came out with antidepressants because like the idea behind it is like you have a mouth mal- like a malfunction in brain or like, you're not getting enough. Like the impulses to your brain are not fi- like are not correct or whatever. So that the antidepressants is there to fix that. And then they say like initially, like when someone is depressed, um, you'll get that. You'll get that like jolt when the antidepressants. You're like, Oh, like I'm depressed. I've taken an antidepressant. This is going to make me feel better. Like I'm really excited. So like, I think some of it's a placebo effects because you're like, okay, my I have, it's like an, it's an easy solution. It's like, Oh, my brain, my brain is not right. I'm going to take these antidepressants. I'm going to get correct. Like they, a lot of people want fast solutions opposed to like term solutions. And I just, and then after the initial jolt that I have, like they're feeling good they'll start it'll start to decrease like your mood starts to decrease you're starting to feel either as depressed as you were or even worse than that and then so what are you going to do you oh, i took it's i took 10 milligrams of this maybe 15 maybe 20 will get better and i think it's just a vicious cycle of people taking antidepressants starting to feel good about themselves starting to feel like they got life figured out and then after the antidepressants start to wear off they go back down and then just keep uh, um, like upping their dosage and i also think a big side effect for antidepressants is like a weight gain. like i feel like a lot of people like once they start putting on weight they'll start feel like i think it really affects your mental health i think physical and mental health are like really closely related and i think that's what like, one of the things i really like doing for like the fit like help my mental health is like exercising i know everyone's gonna say like yeah you like everyone talks about how good exercise is but i really think like i always like personally i i'm a little like crazy and i always want to be like doing something so I I think like exercising like kind of tires me out and like it's like I don't know like slows down my brain because like I'm like just a little more tired I don't have all that energy I get the energy out and like I'm not saying like if you're just like if you're just sitting on the couch I'm not telling you to get up and like run like a ton, like ten miles just even if you go outside I think going outside is very important too we can talk about that later but like even just walking around for ten minutes like you feel like again a sense of accomplishment I got out I did something today I walked for ten minutes. You start feeling good. Maybe you start seeing like n- uh, good changes in your body, and I really think that's that. But uh, Josh, do you want to talk about antidepressants?
1: Um, I think you know medication for mental health patients is definitely case by case. Um, for someone like myself, as I said earlier, I'm still I still take medication every single day. I'm not ashamed of it. It it absolutely helps me. There's times when I think you know I'm fine. I'm doing great I'm happy I'm not you know I don't have anxiety I'm not depressed why do I need it I stopped taking it and you know a week later it's finally out of my system and I notice myself laying in bed longer being more upset getting anxious over things I shouldn't be getting anxious over and it's something that I need you know like whether it's a placebo or not when I take that medication every morning I'm I do better my days are better I'm happier I fight less with my girlfriend I fight less with my parents (laughs) you know like I'm just a better person overall and but like I was saying it's case by case some people don't need that medication some people do better just talking to some to someone about what's going on in their life and having someone like for me personally I had my mom to go to all the time or my dad or even my sister sometimes, to go to when I was down. But for people who don't have that, having that person to go to week by week or you know as many times as you need to to talk to about what's really bothering you can really help just as much as medicine can. And there definitely are negatives of medicating these people who suffer from mental health because um, some of the drugs that you can get prescribed are very addictive, such as, you know Xanax, Clonopin, drugs of those magnitude and it's really not hard to go into a doctor's office and get them prescribed which I think is the, the biggest problem of them all. You can go on the internet and you can look up what are the symptoms of depression and anxiety and go right into your doctor's office and list those off. And a doctor, they don't they don't read your mind. They don't know if you're lying, they don't know if you're telling the truth and they hear some kid who's talking about how much he hates his life. You go into a doctor and you're like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about um, taking my own life or "I'm, I'm really sad all the time, all this stuff about being depressed. And the doctor's like, oh my gosh, I have to medicate this kid, I have to give him something. And then you give him Xanax and next thing you know, he's dependent on the Xanax. Just like Dave was saying, you take the Xanax, it makes you feel better. And then you get off it a few hours later and not only do you feel just as bad, but you feel worse. And you're like, all right, I need another Xanax. And then that Xanax isn't strong enough. And not that our topic is, you know, like opioid um, misuse, but that's how it all starts. You you get dependent on something and then you can't live without it. And for some, for someone suffering from such a bad illness as mental health, if you can't live without a pill, then it's just not gonna end well. That's
0: that's like a good point that you made, Josh, that could kind of tie into Dave's because I agree with Dave that I think being able to actually tether yourself to something like have some kind of uh, positive, like a positive addiction. Like you're saying that there's like it's very easily for them to get addicted to these opioids or be dependent on these pills or something. But I think that also what you're saying, Dave, is that there's a lot of also. Benefits of being addicted to something like positive, like being involved in some kind of uh, workout routine or even just joining a club. Maybe you're not some guy who or girl who's a very active person. You know what there's plenty of outlets that there are now especially with like um like there's like e-gaming leagues now there's a ton of clubs that you could find somewhere trust me there's my one roommate my freshman year of uh, or my sophomore year of college was in like some like uh, like anime club and you'd go like uh dressed up like whatever i don't know what that <laughs> was but you know like that was that was like what made him happy and yeah, that's something that you have like to look forward to and kind of a distraction from all of these things that are in your own head and something else that i think is important for like especially younger kids is organized sports even if the, you know what the kid might not grow up and be in like end up loving sports but it doesn't hurt because you're not only trying to get them involved in something that's something that is a uh, like a regiment something that's going to keep them distracted for or keep them busy keep their mind busy keep them thinking but it's also going to introduce them to a ton of friends and being able to get your kid involved in like other kids lives at a younger age, I think is important too, for when they grow up. Cause like you said that when you, when you run into a uh, a, a rough spot in your life, you want to have people to turn to. And if you're just kind of being like, Oh, like my kid doesn't want to do this. So whatever, I'm just going to let him sit in his room and play Xbox all day by himself. And that's, you know, that's the thing. A lot of things now they aim to point at uh, like you know like video games in uh, regards to like people being more violent or uh, more like violent crimes and stuff but I think that being I think it's more of the fact that these are all isolated activities opposed to actually letting your kid go out and play a sport and I know obviously football is uh, under heavy scrutiny now with Uh, like concussions and all of that. But even if you get them to go out and play basketball, I mean, my parents, when I was younger, I played soccer, football, basketball, wrestling, uh, lacrosse, and baseball. And I have a ton of friends that are all different friend groups now but just having all of these different outlets later in life i'm not a i wasn't a college baseball player I definitely did not play football at, at Rutgers. but you know what like you, you still have these people if you want if you you end up having that kind of shared hobby you know you could text a kid that you played baseball with young when you were in high school or something and would be like oh man like what do you think about this team what do you think about the mets obviously uh, a couple of Mets fans here that are doing they're doing better now but that's the thing like you now you like you have all these new connections and you're expanding your 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 mind and you're giving yourself more distractions and more opportunities to kind of shy away from just kind of getting in your own head and I know obviously these are not like uh Every, everyone's situation is different. But I'm just saying that that's definitely a step in the right direction, offering all of these other healthy, like, addictions to, to, your, to your life opposed to just being like, oh, you know what? My kid uh, needs to take this medication, and that's it. And then just being like, all right, this is what you're going to take, and that's, like, the final straw. All I, right. definitely, oh, I
1: definitely think that not everyone needs medication, like I was saying before. Like, if you can find that outlet that does make you feel better, then – that's the best possible situation. If you can find that going to the gym two hours a day, an hour a day, even a half hour a day, gets you through the day, then that's what helps you. And finding a purpose, like we spoke about earlier, can be your own medication, you know? I took a year off from school while I was going through my mental health issues. And one thing that really, really, really helped me get better was Finding a purpose, and even if it was just you know working at GNC a few days a week, it still gave me some sense of purpose because I was helping people. Like people would come to GNC and they would ask me to help them change their lives. They would ask me to help them find them. Um, they would ask me to help them find them certain t- supplements to get them to the next level. And as someone who you know works out every day they would ask me advice on workouts and nutrition and even if it was just one person a day or one person a week knowing that I gave someone valuable input that they're going to use for their lives really really helped me and gave me that sense of purpose and it can be something huge or it could be something small but as long as you feel like you have that sense of purpose I think that that can be just as good of a medication as any medicine right and then going back like if
2: you take antidepressants and it helps you like there's no reason you should like get off it you should definitely stay on it like if it's if it helps you good for you that's awesome but um i think a big problem with antidepressants is especially with doctors prescribing them is it's like a one pill like fits all and i really don't think that like that's the truth and like there was like a story i was reading about it was about this um this lady her husband and two kids died in a car accident and she was obviously depressed and very sad so she went to the doctor and she's like look like i'm crying every night like i can't sleep and the doctor prescribed her antidepressants like but like i think like, the moral of that story is like so, like doctors got, are start asking why you are depressed like if some like, tragic moments like that are going to make you depressed, does that mean you should take antidepressant? I don't think so. I think you should like go speak to like a therapist. I think talking to therapists is one of the best things you can do. People are trained to talk to, like, to people that are depressed and like can give give insight, a like, great insight on your, like your situation. And like, I think, uh, people are really ashamed, not, pretty, like ashamed to go to therapist but I really don't, I don't know why people would be that. Like it's your mental health. Like, it's like one of the most important things. I think it's more like, I think obviously mental health and physical health are related, but I think mental health is like the ba- most important thing in a person's life. So like why would talking to someone like make you like less of a man or like, uh, like yeah, so like that. And um, so I think doctors got to ar- start, uh, the doctors got to start asking why people are depressed and just, instead of just prescribing them uh, like medicine.
0: Yeah. And then, like you said, like being able to go and talk to people and you were talking about how it was stigmatized, kind of tying back to that man up role or man up thing. You're seeing more in the like um, like media, uh, like um, like television and movies. They're also showing more people that are going through mental health issues and they're seeking help from it. I mean, this is or, uh, this is kind of a classic one of them but like in the sopranos tony soprano is going and talking to a uh, a counselor he's talking to a um like a site psych- or a therapist and the whole time he's always talking about how no one can know if he's he's going there because then he's going to be seen as mentally weak but at the same time you also see the effects of if he doesn't go to the therapist you see him go into these wild um spirals in his life granted that the guy is a whatever like He's a mob boss and not right. not the nicest person. But that's just like that whole thing of like, oh, like he's he's expected to tough it out because if not, other people in his life would see him as weak and uh, it would affect his his whole life and his family. But there's another uh, show that I saw out and it was uh, a man whose friend killed himself and he was actually thinking about taking his own life as well. And from there after that moment he went and he was seeking help from a therapist and everything so i think that it's good for uh the future of our like um like our society being able to show hey you know like kind of make it a a norm that you can go and talk to these people and it's not some outlandish like some taboo thing like they uh paint it back in the day like it's it's good like you know you have to take care of yourself just like you can't go and uh, like that's, that's like the one thing that I'm going to say that there's a lot of uh, like you don't really talk about it as much, even though it's equally important, if not more important. You know, for a fact that you cannot go to Burger King every day and stuff yourself with fries and just really let yourself go physically because then you're going to shorten your life. It's, if you're mentally, if you're going through something, you have to be able to go and seek help for those issues just as much as if you have a physical issue, because like, that's the thing, like you don't, you don't hear about it as much. You hear plenty about, Oh, like, uh, like plenty of people talking about, Oh, you need to make sure you eat this. You have to make sure you eat quinoa or avocado or, uh, those things, but you never hear, you don't hear enough people talking about, it's important to do this for your brain. It's important to take a step away from social media for this amount of time, or it's important to, uh, Speak to someone if you're going through this. Like you hear it every once in a while. Someone will say something on social media. I know there's like Mental Awareness Month. But besides that, you don't – Mental Health Awareness Month. You don't really like see – you don't see it on as uh, frequently as you do where people are pushing these new super
2: fruit or these new shakes and everything. I think a big thing also like with mental health is like people can't see it. So, if you, like, break your leg, people, and you're in a cast, people are going to keep, keep coming up to you and be like, oh, like, how are you doing? Like, how's your leg feeling? But, like, if you're, like, depressed and have anxiety in your head, like, no one's going to ask you about that. So, it's something you can't see. I think another thing I want to touch on, like, with, like, the last, like, I would say, like, five years as, like, celebrities and athletes are coming about, about, like, uh, mental health like i know like espn i think it was like a year ago did like a whole week on mental health like people like kevin love like you got like he won an nba finals he's like rich he plays basketball he's good looking and you're like what like would this person like have to be depressed about like he has everything everyone wants but like just because you're a celebrity doesn't like people just think like oh if i like, mentally like unstable or me- i have mental health issues like oh if i get money or fame like these people never have that but like I feel like in the news like people are always talking about their mental health now and I think that's really important. I really think I think we've made strides in the last couple of years of people talking about mental health, but I still like think there's some a little bit of a taboo, like it's a hush-hush uh, topic, mental health. Um there's still a little bit of it, but I think people are making improvements and it's really great to see.
0: Michael Phelps too. Michael Phelps the most decorated Olympian of all time. You think this man is the peak of physical performance. This man is what it is to be a champion he's the most he wins at everything what could possibly be wrong in his life and he's now the spokesperson of um i can't think of the app off the top of my head but he's a very uh he's like one of the spokespeople for some uh like online therapy uh application I'll look for you yeah dave's looking looking it up currently but i think that's good too like you know for kids if just offering different different ways of Getting to all different uh, types of people, being able to talk about the, how they're going through certain things, they went through certain things in their life, and even though they're the most, they've reached the pinnacles of what their uh, what their um, profession is. It isn't always just the people that are just the common people. It isn't always just someone who's homeless. It isn't always just someone who is going through like a real bad time like it could it could be anyone it could be someone who like kevin love like really was outspoken about i think the year after or the year of when he won the nba championship and you would think that he was like at his highest highs
1: but you know like that's the thing you don't know speaking of uh kevin love um in in like most recent news i saw that the nba is actually requiring every NBA team to have a mental health professional on payroll which I think is great because fortunately enough for all the guys in the NBA and in professional sports Kevin Love was one of the first like big name guys to step up and talk about mental health seriously and you we've as we've seen other guys have stepped up after him and through his effort, like I said, now every single team is required to have that mental health profession. And I think that that's really important. And I think that more um, organizations and companies need to really look into something like that. Because obviously, as a professional athlete, there's a ton of stress. But that doesn't mean that at a regular job working in, you know, let's say an accounting firm, there's not just as much stress, you know, it might be different stress, but there's still stress and to know that your company is actively doing something to help you and to know that you have someone to talk to in that environment is, is really helpful.
2: Right. And we're kind of diving into like mental health and sports. And like, I really recently like came like within the last year, uh, there was another person at Delaware that took his life named Sean Locke. And he was like a basketball, he played basketball at Delaware. And like, it's something you don't think about, like, so, like, say you're a college athlete. Like, you're – since, like, second grade, you've been playing basketball. Like, you define yourself as a basketball player. That's Josh Carr. He's a basketball player. And, like, you play basketball from second grade to senior year of college. And all of a sudden, after that, you – after the senior year of college, after your senior night, it's done. You're no longer – like, you're not going to the NBA. You got another job. Like, you kind of, like – first of all, sports – backing up a little bit. Sports are, like, in general, pretty, like, stressful. Like, you're really um, – you really like focus on your performance. Like you really need, you want to do well. You push yourself. Like if you had a bad day at practice you're, or you might not start that week, there's a lot of stress in that. And I think like when you're not defined as that basketball player anymore, that was your purpose in life. You thought was like basketball from second grade to college. Like you were a basketball player. And once that is taken away from you, a lot of people like have, struggle with their mental health and like there, I think us colleges need to do better of just like not only helping them during their basketball career, when there's very stressful, but afterwards, like a year afterwards when people are losing, they've lost their purpose of basketball, like talking to them and like talking about that. I think that's a really important thing. That's really something I never really thought about until until his uh, his death.
1: I completely agree. I mean, when you only know one thing, once that thing is over, you don't know what to do with your life. When all you know is basketball, you can, you can only play basketball until, what, you're at most 35 or 40 years old? I mean, not everyone can do it. the goal LeBron James is doing, <laughs> you know? But, like, not everyone can play until they're 35 or 40 years old. You get to that point, and then what do you, what do, you do with the rest of your life? Yeah, maybe you're, you're financially stable because you made millions of dollars playing in those 10, 15 years, but what is your purpose now? Are you going to coach? are you going to play in the men's league? You know, like, nothing's going to give you that sense of fulfillment of playing in the NBA at the top level. So for these guys who are all they know is basketball, they retire and then they go into these deep depressions because they don't know what to do with their lives. And I know it's definitely a stretch, but you can almost compare it to people coming out of prison. You know, they don't know all they've known. Some of these guys or women who've been in prison for – 10, 20, 30, 40 years, all they know is life behind bars. And once you get out, you don't know anything else. And there's it, no difference with basketball when all you know is basketball and p- competing at the highest level. Once you stop doing that, you you feel as if you have no purpose. Ball is life. Ball is life. Ball is life, literally. Uh, yeah, that's,
0: that's like a good uh, point that you made because while it isn't, because there's a lot of also, Football players specifically that go through that post uh, post career stuff where you either you coach or you are a uh, you're a uh, like a was like an announcer or you're in the like uh, in the studio and you're being one of like a commentator on football. And if you aren't doing that, then there's a lot of guys that sadly uh You're seeing like a lot of people who commit suicide but granted that's also it's not only like uh standard like depression and stuff but it's also cte so i mean that's just a leveled up version of like what basketball players go through but it's yeah that's it's scary like with anything in life also like prison whatever if there's a lot of people what we were talking about before you seem in life that there's your path and then sometimes it doesn't work out that You don't, like, you know, like, it isn't the way you think it's going to be. And then you, a lot of people just spiral out of control because they think that their whole world's going to end. And, like, that's the thing that you have to realize that life goes on. Like, you have to keep moving forward and find different paths, even if the one path ends. Like, obviously, professional sports is the most obvious. Or, like, sports in general is the most obvious example of that because there's a clear end they retire or they get cut or they just can't they get injured they can't make it in the league and then they just seem that their whole world's ending and then there's just you have to figure out a different outlet from there but yeah that's like I don't know I think like just in general it's uh it's important always to like be looking ahead and always have a plan like a plan a plan b plan c plan d and plan e just like in general, because not only is it important just in case the things do happen, but it's also good to kind of like have your mind in a bunch of different places, like uh, like just like with hobbies too, like healthy habits and stuff like
2: that. Right. So, do do we want to talk about like ways that we help like our mental health? So, like we talked about exercise, talked about talking to somebody, and like a thing I love, and I, I read obviously in that all right, everyone should read that book. I'm gonna keep talking about it, <laughs> but um, it talks about like getting into nature. And like, so like I'll go on a hike and like, so like, I feel like in today, like especially in like in big cities, like all you see is cement and like our like ancestors, like all they did was were in the wild and hunting. And I think like people really try to get, should get back to that. Like seeing green, like is like proven, like it's a color to like, like, um, help people's stress levels, like seeing water, like seeing a body of water, like helps your stress level. So I really go like going on hikes and just being part of nature and also like it's going to kind of sound weird to say, but it makes you like seem like your, uh, your version of yourself is like less important. You're less important than you think. Like decisions you make every single day are really important to you. But like in the grand scheme of things, like there's like this huge, like this world is huge. And like, nature really like I don't know it helps it takes away your like self I think it's like self wall I
0: have I have what
2: is, I have I don't know like
0: speci- the specific term for it but I have heard that where like when you're out in nature you do realize that all of these material things or all of these things that you think are important then you get out to like what really like being like a part of earth is Is just kind of like it's not it's just kind of being an existing kind of rather than right. thinking that there's these these uh material things like having money or, oh, my God, like to see the house I just bought or, oh, wow, like the job I just landed. And then you kind of earth yourself, earth yourself, you kind of bring your like, yeah, like you kind I of think earth uh, yourself kind of work. Yeah, yeah, earth yourself. Uh, you kind of earth yourself when you go out into nature and then you see that, like, you know, like that those things aren't as important and you kind of humble yourself. You kind of uh, recenter yourself on like the important things of life. But I, I'm going to definitely post that. Send me a picture of the book, Dave. I'll throw it on the uh, the Basement Banter Instagram. If you haven't followed it already, definitely do it. But um, yeah, as you say, for me personally, like something that I love to do, just that's just like this, like doing like a, a podcast, you know? It's a good thing. Like I luckily luckily have not like have gone through these. I uh, don't have like a lot of particularly like Like say mental health issues but like you know like just like anyone getting out of college and stuff like you're anxious in certain parts of your life so like i was saying before having different hobbies so not only am i working at uh staying busy like doing like working like having a job that like most people do but also then like i also have uh this podcast as well you know it keeps you your mind busy if I'm not at work, then I'm thinking, who can I have on my podcast? What could I talk about and stuff like that? How do I research that? Like uh, like mental health wasn't something that I particularly was very well um, educated on. But, you know, like when you like it's, it's something interesting to like you get to look and you get to learn about other things. You get to talk. And that's like sometimes the best way of just, you know, like just talking, just talking in general is a good uh, mental like medicine, just being able to say what's on your mind and everything. And, uh, yeah, so this, then also I'm coaching youth football. So there's basically three levels of things that I have going on in my life. So, uh, you know, like then if just like giving back to, as we were talking about before doing something for others, uh, like giving someone else like a purpose and helping other people meet their goals too, because these young people, like, uh, not to not that I'm some kind of uh, grand uh, role model or anything but you know like having like giving like these kids kind of guiding them, giving them life advice not only in the sport of football but also just life in general is a pretty uh, gratifying thing for you mentally. So like those are like the things that I do that I like to uh, like kind of just keep myself level headed, keep myself uh, mentally right just having all these different, not, like, really distractions, but more of, uh, like, mental challenges for yourself, kind of to exercise your brain. Because I think uh, our friend Mike Burns says it a lot, that you ha- your brain is – he says brain is a muscle, and you have to work it out and you have to give it rest as well. So I think that's actually – I mean, granted, I don't know how uh, – how doctoral (laughs) Michael Burns is. He is very uh, muscular, though. Yeah, that's that's I think that's like a really true statement that you have to be able to work out your brain, whether it's reading books, uh, like learning new things or having conversations with people, having conversations that you normally wouldn't have and kind of challenging yourself. And I think these are all like good things to have just for like your own mental health because it works yourself out mentally.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think that, you know, having something where you can just take your mind off of the rest of life. For me, it's, you know, just picking up a basketball and just shooting around or or playing pickup basketball or any type of basketball. Like, that's my outlet. When I play basketball, basketball is the only thing in my mind. There's no school. There's no life. There's nothing. It's just basketball, you know, winning that game or making that shot doing whatever and for some people it's you know picking up a basketball for others it's picking up a guitar and it's just you got to find for others it's you know picking up an xbox controller or for for ryan it's doing his podcast or coaching like you just take your mind off of everything else in life and you just focus on that one thing and even if it's for a few hours a day it takes your mind off of of the rest of life and it gives you a peace of mind and like I said, it could just be a couple hours, but everyone needs that. Everyone needs to, you know, forget life and just enjoy where they're at. And like we said throughout the whole podcast, social media definitely doesn't help that. And as Dave was saying before, nature is something that really, really does help that because it like, as, unless you're one of those people who's taking out your phone to make sure you get that view on your Instagram, you know, like you're s- you're out there just looking at nature and looking at how beautiful the earth is, and you're not thinking about anything else in life other than that surreal moment. And even if it's for a second, if it's for a minute, if it's for an hour, if it's for a day, whatever it is, you're you're not thinking about life, and you're just getting your mind where you want it to be. And everyone needs to find what works for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, like for yeah, what were you gonna say something, I'll Dave? No. All right. So I I was going to say for like my kind of uh, closing uh, statement for myself with like my not really once again, not a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, don't have a ton of uh, background in mental health. But like my kind of advice to maybe someone that's going into that next chapter of their life, maybe someone now who's a going into their freshman year of college, maybe this is someone who has just graduated college. Maybe this is someone that just finished sophomore year of college and is going into that next challenge of being a college student. My advice to you is kind of find something else outside of being in your phone and make, like give yourself a new hobby, a new challenge. Because the one thing that I think is one of the most dangerous things in life is just kind of being content with where you're at you know, being content with the things that you know about, being content with the friends that you have, maybe have a lot of friends at home and you don't feel like you need friends at school or being content with, uh, whatever. I'm just going to get C's and doing that. I think that one of, especially in regards to mental health, I think a giving yourself a mental challenge is something important to kind of keeping yourself level on, uh, in life. So, I know, obviously, college, you are obvious, like you're just in like a whirlwind of I have this to do, this to do, this to do, this to do. But I think that when you get a free second, you should challenge yourself instead of sitting on your phone or mind numbingly watching Netflix. I think you should challenge yourself in a new chapter. Uh, Maybe try and maybe try and do a podcast. Maybe try and read a book. Maybe you watch the Harry Potter series. Try and read it. you know like maybe get into a new sport uh just try and challenge yourself in some other way that you can besides just kind of numbing yourself with these social media technologies that you're so comfortable with and doing everything that's so normal that everyone else in your life is doing just try and like be different try and be uh try and challenge yourself and do something outside the norm because in the long run when it's just you and your thoughts, you want to be able to have something that you could branch out and do, and I think that's something that you should be able to do, especially in college as someone between the ages of eighteen and twenty-four, which I'm guessing most of you are.
2: Right. So I have a couple like things for my closing like statement, or whatever. Like first, I'm gonna talk about things I learned about like in that mental health training I talked about before. I think the one is two. is like two things that really stuck out to me, um, and it's more like it's more like the extremes of mental health. Like if people are thinking about taking their own life. Um, so one thing is like the terminology. So instead of saying, um, that person committed suicide, you would say that person took their own life. Cause when you think of the word committed, you think like committed a crime and they didn't like commit a crime. So like that was just a little thing that I learned and a couple of big things were if Um, so say you like your friend is struggling and you think they might be having pseudo suicidal thoughts. Um, it is like proven that like you, what you should do as a friend is just you should ask them if they have a plan. They said that it does help people and like kind of like, has a person like not, not like snap out of it, but like make it real. And, um, the, the other thing I wanted to talk about was I kind of forgot Josh.
1: All right. I'll, I'll talk hey, while when you're when thinking it. When this. Dave gets it back, yeah. we'll skip back. To but my biggest advice for someone who is personally suffering from mental health is to accept it and use that as growth and don't dwell on it and i know from experience that it's a lot easier said than done when you're in that state you don't even want to help yourself you want to you almost want to stay in that state because that's just where you're at mentally but i think the biggest thing is accepting it and don't feel ashamed of it and if there's people in your life who are telling you to be ashamed of it or that it's not real, then you have to seriously think about if those people are worth being in your life. You know, if if someone's telling you, if you really are depressed and someone's telling you, oh, like stop being a baby, like man up, then maybe that person shouldn't be in your life. You know, maybe you need to cut that person out of your life and as hard as it can be, it's what's necessary for you. And it might hurt their feelings, might ruin a, r- a friendship or two, but if that's what you need, ultimately to be the best version of yourself then life comes with you know circumstances and that's a certain thing that you have to do for your own good and just don't be afraid to talk to other people about it because there are so many so many other people just like yourself who are suffering from the same exact thing if not worse and as I just said before like I know it is a lot easier said than done but when you are in those there are highs and lows and when you are in that high try and make the best of it and go see a doctor talk to your mom or talk to your dad or talk to a friend but don't ever give up on yourself and always just continue to try and be the best version of yourself yeah and i just want to first of all um
2: if I was talking too fast the whole time, I'm sorry. My mom uh, said, don't talk too fast. and I think I did. <laughs> and um, there's just one quote, that's like my favorite mental health quote and it's uh, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And I think that's really important. Like just trying to be like nice to each other. Like people are like, ha- there's a lot of issues in the world. There's a lot of like tragedy and just like being nice to people could really go a long way. And my mom always says like, don't people don't forget what you say. It's like how, how you make them feel. <laughs> I think that's really important and yeah so that's my like my favorite quote and I, I try to live by that and just like try to help other people and like by helping other people you're also helping yourself yeah i agree be kind to others and I, yeah
0: because i mean that's my favorite one of my favorite quotes too well just being, just be just be <laughs> kind there? to just be kind to other people because you really never know what is going on in their lives i've talked social media to death, so I'm not going to get into too much of it anymore. I'm going to try and wrap this up for all of you who are about to walk into work or whatever you're doing in your life. Um but yeah, I think there's a lot of people on social media who just kind of are so bold behind their screen and they really don't know what the other person is that's going in, going through behind that. So I don't know. I think that you just have to always just look at the person and be like, you know what? Like this might be That's how I always feel. Like if there's something on social media that you think is like, man, that's really weird. That's something that makes that person happy. And that's something that could be helping that person through something. So I just always like I'm a big supporter of like people that I don't know. I I think I don't know. I I think that just like whatever like your is makes you happy. Go for it and don't stop it if someone else thinks that it's weird because you know what? They might be doing something that you think is weird, too. All right. To wrap things up before I officially wrap them up. It was talk space before that Michael Phelps was the spokesperson for. They always see them in commercials and it would have killed me if I could not think of it. Um, so to wrap things up, thank you, Dave and Josh. I know it's not really easy to like come on here, not doing this before and just talking about these things, let alone opening up and sharing your stories with everyone, all the listeners. So thank you very much. Uh, For having us Brownie
1: for having us. (laughs) You're,
0: You're welcome. Um, but all right, thank you all of you. I know this was a little uh, a different pace than how things usually go, but I think it's an important conversation to have. It's uh, more serious than most it's than more serious. Fun, you know what? You're 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 expanding your brain. You're learning more, learning about different people, and uh, a little a little challenge, a little a little break from the uh, the berating that I gave you. Well, what's gonna be this Thursday? But from last week, the uh, the weirdness of all not of so the much
1: reptile reptilian people.
0: Yeah, no, no, no reptilian people this week. No, uh, whatever the hell you were asking about nipple fingers or whatever <laughs> last week. A nice little break for you guys. So you're welcome. Thank uh, Dave and Josh if you see them or whatever. Thank you again <laughs> maybe, for having maybe, us. Maybe my, uh, the people in uh, whatever, wherever you're from, Colorado or California, send them a nice little shout-out on their uh, social media pages. Or text
2: me individually because that's well, not going to be my uh, number. But I'd yeah. be <laughs>
0: concerned if you found their their <laughs> phone numbers if you if you don't know us personally. But I was going to say you could give them a shout-out on – or you could sign their DMs on social media if you follow the Basement Banter official Instagram page because I will be tagging them in a post tonight – And you'll be seeing it and you'll be like, oh, okay, that was what last week was. But thank you all for listening again. This is the 12th episode. So this is officially, what, three months that you've been uh, on board the Banter Express. Congratulations, (laughs) Ryan. So so thank you. Uh, Have a nice morning, good night, afternoon, evening, whatever you're doing. If you're having dinner, eating breakfast, taking a poop. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan Brown. This is Basement Banter. Have a good one.